Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast where two old school Heroes fangirls rewatch the show, talk about it, defend its honor often. My name is Keisha. And I'm Rachel. And this week we are diving into, okay, so would you call this the third episode since they did two episodes back to back, but they're like separate, I think, when you stream them? Yeah. All right. Episode three of season... God damn, I hate this. Episode three of season four of volume five, (laughs) uh, which is called Ink. Mm -hmm. We have no new news this week. Um, I I don't really think, I mean, if no one's been cast in anything or or anything like that that I'm aware of. um, Not that I've seen. Yeah, not that I've seen. And we've obviously been off for a week because I'm tired. Um, Yeah, so... Scheduling is Sched- a bit. Scheduling. We had lockdown last bitch. year, you know, lockdown, so we had a little bit more of a fluid schedule. That's so true, though. I had a fucking Monday through Friday, and it was beautiful for the longest time. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're just gonna dive right on in because, uh, yeah, no news. So let's just kick things off. We had a previously from Peter. From Peter and um. And we were talking so, about you know. before the episode, he doesn't get to do it, like, ever. Even in season one, he didn't really do it very much. It's not common, mm-hmm. that's for sure. It'd be interesting to go back and, like, make a tally of, like, you know, who did the most previously. And it wouldn't take long, because it's just right in the beginning of every episode. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Oh, it's like, oh, do you remember for a while we had a tally about who had the cliffhanger? We should do that again. Oh, yeah! We did. Because that was fun. We'll have to look back through. That'll be our heroes by the numbers episode. Oh, <laughs> who doesn't love stats? Um, yeah. Who had the most previously? Who had the most cliffhangers? I, I would eat my hat if Mohinder didn't have the most previously. I would strongly bet on that. Okay. I'll start frying it up. <laughs> But who knows with this last this last season if that skews it toward anyone else. See, that's the thing, right? Is because he's so not in this season very much that it's like, hmm, I don't know. There's a chance for others to catch up. Exactly. But yeah. Peter previously, Rarity. So, if you remember the last episode, um, Claire jumped out the window <laughs> and Gretchen saw her. So just keep that in mind as we go out throughout the episode. That is her big plot point. Because we open with Claire ignoring Gretchen... Like, frantically knocking on her door and trying to come in to talk to her. And Claire's just, like, (laughs) ignores her. We also see Matt looking at his 30-day sober chip, which he obviously has failed because he used his power in the last episode as well to make um, Roy (laughs) bye-bye. And he looks up and sees Siler, like, smirking at him in the mirror. Um, We also see Peter cutting out another article. Another, like, he saved, like, a whole um, bunch of bus passengers like MTA disaster averted, averted, wow, averted, <laughs> all passengers saved. And it's like, oh, so it's just a little catch up with the first few characters. I love his little heroism wall. Yes. And then we go to the carnival and we see that Samuel and Lydia are in a trailer and Samuel is mix- mixing up another batch of ink and he's like, this isn't for you. It's for uh, something else that I've got planned because there's someone new that we're interested in. And he's also putting on a suit, which is very unusual for him, because usually he wears, you know, a little more wild and out there things. (laughs) But he's like, got to put on the right appearance. And he kind of like tells a little story, like he used to have to wear a suit all the time when he and uh, 
his brother Joseph were young. They had to wear suits. They had to be clean all the time. And um, once he found out he could move the earth, he was like, that was his chance to be like dirty. And he can't get his tie on, but Lydia ends up helping him and tells him it seems like he's trying to replace Joseph because he feels like lost without him. And he's like, no, I just want to see if this candidate deserves a place at our table. And he goes over to this big jar of ink and we see him like absorb it all up in his hand. And she also asks him, are you going to like, because you're going to be in the neighborhood, are you going to stop by your old house? And he's all like, no, no, I'm just here for the candidate. I'm not going to go over to the old house. (laughs) That life is over. And he's all suited up and he asks Lydia, how do I look? And she's like, well, like everyone else. So that's like the the start of our episode. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, Thoughts, comments, yeah, <laughs> concerns. No, um, it's uh, <laughs> no, it's it's interesting that you know she she's calling him out on this, but also it seems like there might be some sort of I guess balance in in the carnival having certain people with certain abilities because mm-hmm. you know their time traveler is like dying, and the whole yes. thing with like hero and all that that he did. And now it's like, yeah, an empath. I mean, obviously, empath, That's that seems to be one of, like, great note. Everybody's always like, ooh, empath, because it's pretty rare. But, I mean, I, I just, it, it's just such a hard pitch, right? To be like, leave your life behind, come basically join the circus. Um, mm-hmm, it takes a certain mm-hmm. type of person who already is, like, lost to want to do that. And that's lost what, or outcast. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, them try to face up against these people who are living normal lives, mm-hmm. uh, which we're going to see later. Plus, um, in the scene, Lydia straight up was like, hey, you don't have to do this. I could go, you know, I- I'd do anything for you, Samuel. I was like, oh, she she would honeypot Peter if he wanted her to. <laughs> and with how he was yeah. this episode, he'd probably go for it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting route that Samuel takes. There's a lot of questions like how he pulls certain things off, which we can talk about. Mm. when we get there but yeah yeah he he may live you know this weird like carny lifestyle but he's he's got connections it's clear like he he can make things Mm -hmm. happen he's a mover and a shaker (laughs) (laughs) i didn't mean to do a pun (laughs) (laughs) oh god anyway (laughs) anyway speaking of peter we were talking a lot about him um we go to his apartment his alarm goes off but you know what He's up already, brushing his teeth. He turns it off. And he gets a knock on the door. And he goes and answers it. And there's this guy there. We don't know who he is. He's some kind of messenger. And he's like, are you Peter Petrelli? And he's like, yeah. He's like, man, you saved that cop's life that la- last week. That was, like, so awesome. Here you go. And he hands him this folder. And he's like, what is this? And he's like, yep, you've been served. You better be more careful saving a life next time, hero. <laughs> Ooh, real world consequences. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't, you don't often see that in comics, do you? You don't see Spider-Man getting sued. Well, sometimes maybe, but like, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. But that would happen. That's how people are. So yeah, yeah. I love how Peter was kind of, uh, kind of like, yeah, I'm him. Like he was excited. Like people know that I'm doing a good thing. <laughs> it was like, guess what though? <laughs> guess what though? Here you go, babe. <laughs> Like, oh my goodness. I love how you're like, oh, he's already up. And I was like, yeah, I don't think he sleeps. I don't think so. Like, this whole episode you'll see is like a wake-up call for Peter. 
Yeah, and it's also fun because, like, we get to just, like, follow him in a day, and it's so neat to just see him be, like, a person. Mm-hmm. Just dealing with the consequences of his super life, like... Yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. So, shall we meet a new character? Yeah, let's move forward. Woo! Okay. So, the next scene um, centers on a woman who's also in bed getting up. Uh, but she has a very different way of waking up than Peter, who I'm sure was not even sleeping anyway. Um, she she has um, quite quite the setup. Her um, alarm is one of those ones that like moves around and rattles. Um, it looks like her bed is moving, and she's got flashing lights set up. And if you know anything about anything, that's usually for people who like have some sort of of you know special like need for it. Um, so, I mean, I'm not even going to bury the lead. She She's deaf. Our, 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 our new character is deaf. Her name is Emma. I'm not going to bury the lead there either. Her name is Emma. It's easier to, than just to be like, the woman. So, this is Emma. Um, she is hearing impaired. She We just see her, like, go about the beginning of her day. Um, she gets up, reluctantly. Relatable. And um, she gets up and, oh, she has a little kitty cat. Yay. And she's just, you know, preparing for, you know, her day. And she puts earbuds in, which is interesting. And then as she's getting ready to leave, something catches her attention. And we look over to her sink. There is a spoon that water is dripping onto from the faucet. And every time that a drop of water hits the spoon, it makes, like, a little sound. And it makes a little, like, splash of color. Just, like, a little ding and, like, a little bit of color. And it draws her attention for a little bit. And then, you know, it's like, huh, that's that's interesting. What, what, is, what is going on there? So, I mean, this is Heroes. Clearly she has an ability, but we don't really know what it is yet. But that's neat, seeing color with sound. So Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like in, like, the promo material leading up to it, we knew she was deaf. But, like, in the episode, mm-hmm. we don't get confirmation until later in the like episode. Like, later. Mm-hmm. Even though if you understood, like you said, what kind of people use that kind of alarm. <laughs> yeah, you need that kind of very specific setup because, I mean, obviously you can't just hear an alarm. You have to, I mean, there has to be like motion and light and stuff involved. So, but then it's like, oh, she puts the earbuds in and they're like, why is she putting earbuds in? And you'll certainly learn later on. So, but yeah, that's Emma. I love Emma. She's great. Played by uh, Diane Bray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, went to go look up whatever. Who is, who is actually is. hearing impaired. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is great. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking up, like, she's been in Veep more recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember her on that. I think her, well, no, because she was on a, a series called Sue Thomas FBI. Hmm. That came, that, she was the lead role for 56 episodes before Heroes. Oh, wow. But since Heroes has just been, like, you know, an episode or two mm-hmm. on stuff. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. She she becomes a very, very, very important part of this volume. And uh, yeah, she's great. I love Emma. Yeah. And we still aren't done meeting new characters because there's more in episodes to come. There sure <laughs> are. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I was all like, oh, I didn't even write down the actress name next to it just because it was like, oh, that's Emma. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it Deanne or Deanna? Uh, D-E-A-N-N-E. Okay, so Deanne. Deanne Bray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's interesting. She has a lot of um, her her story does not go where you think it's gonna go in terms of who she has the most interaction with. It's actually pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, hopping over from New York to California, we see Matt and his partner were in Long Beach. If you remember, that's where they, um, when he did his little interrogation where he just yelled at a fake Siler for like five minutes and the guy got terrified and told him where to find the drugs, it was in Long Beach. So mm-hmm. Matt and his partner um, and his other partner, <laughs> they're on a stakeout. And uh, they're waiting for the warrant to get approval. And like I said, they're looking for a stash of drugs. You know, they're looking for something incriminating. And um, Matt's talking to his partner. uh, Mike, is it? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's talking to Mike and um, he's like, oh, you know, I tell you, I slipped. I used. I'm still being haunted by the ghosts of my crappy past. Like, oh, I'm going through it, man. Um, but while this is happening, Mike gets a call, so he goes to take it. And Siler's in the backseat, like, ugh, he would be. And he's like, you know, I wish I was a ghost. That'd be way more interesting than, than this hell, basically. Like, and just goes on and on. And, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Should we do, like, a fat joke counter? Because, like, it's so lazy. And they have Siler do it a lot while he's in Matt's brain. And it's fucked up. You know what I mean? It, Silo, you keep going for, like, the lowest of hanging He fruit. does! He's such a baby. I expect more <laughs> and better. <laughs> but again, it's mass insecurities, right? So it's easy. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like, here's the deal, dude. Give me my body back. I will happily go. You'll never see me again, probably. And Matt's like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not taking this today. Like, I'm a cop. You're a criminal. If your prison is to be my mind, then so fucking be it. Like, cool. I'll keep you here forever. You're annoying, but if I ignore you, you'll fade away. No problems. Whatever. And Siler's like, oh, oh, you think it's going to be that easy, huh? All right. All right. I have literally nothing else to do. (laughs) Let's test that. And Mike comes back. They've got the warrant. And so um, Matt takes his little 30-day chip that Rachel mentioned, and he crosses it out, and he puts, like, a one on it. Like, you know, makes it a day one chip. That's a thing people do. And um, he's like, you know, today's first day of the rest of my life kind of thing. And so he and his partner, they bust into the house. They got their guns drawn. They're looking everywhere. And (laughs) Siler is there the whole time. He's determined to be an absolute total shit. That's his whole motivation the entire episode. It's very like, I'm everywhere, you know, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, he keeps like popping up and kind of like spooking Matt, which is like, it's funny because it's like, it's almost like he's trying to get him to like accidentally shoot Mike or something. Like he can't, you know, there's, there's a lot of outcome that could occur from the little things he's doing. He's fine with all of it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, I'm here and I'm there. And like, oh, what, what are you doing? Did you look here? Is he there? You know, just fucking with him hardcore. And he's like, dude, he's in the closet. Like, come on, you're a drug dealer? He's in that closet. And Matt's like about to be like, you know what? And, and Siler's like, yeah, well, and he has a gun too. Just saying. Like, come on, helping you out. And sure enough, That is where he is, and he has a gun, and he fires it through the door, and Matt almost gets hit. (laughs) So basically, Mm -hmm. Siler saved his life, which he is aware of, and he's like, you're welcome. (laughs) Come on. And so Matt gets the guy, and he cuffs him. But yeah. 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 He's got another partner on the gig. It's going to be very helpful, right? 
Oh, I'm fucking sure. <laughs> All right. I got three things about this scene. Three things. Boom. Number one, I didn't think about it in the last episode, but this is not the first time Matt's been seeing people in his head because he had Usutu in the last season. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so he's, you know, just moved it on to Siler. That's true. Uh, second thing, why are just two people serving a warrant? <laughs> I saw you say that in your notes so much, and I was like, I don't know, man. They just are. <laughs> why are they just like... Okay. Why are they just having two people go in to search and serve a warrant? But whatever. Yeah, because it's like... It's a drug bust. There should yeah. be more than two people there. She'd be like, we got the warrant, and then they call the rest of the people in. Yeah. Back like, up. even if they just go in to arrest him at, in, in the first place, like, to get mm-hmm. him locked down, and then they call people in, but they certainly don't, as you see coming up, call more people in. <laughs> no, they don't. Or maybe they do when they're delayed and we just didn't see it. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It was weird. Anyway. Yeah. The third thing is, Kepler is played by Daniel Newman, and... He is another Vampire Diaries connection with heroes, which I might have to run through and do another, add that to our By the Numbers episode. How many people crossed over between those two? Because I feel like I see that a lot when I look at IMDb and stuff. Um, yeah, probably quite a few, right? Yeah, there is a lot. Especially like main cast and, and beyond. And he was also in the 2009 sci-fi TV movie Children of the Corn. <laughs> Fucking spectacular. He's been in other stuff too, but I just wrote those two down because uh, those are the two most pertinent to our to our interests. Yeah, and if I can brag for like a moment, mm-hmm. he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, well, look at you! <laughs> oh my god, I don't even remember how or why, but it's a thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be like, how? Why? I don't. No I just when you said Daniel Newman, I was like, I know that name. <laughs> I went to my Twitter, like, wait a minute, I think that guy follows me. Yeah. You know what? I truly don't know how that occurred, but I'm fine with it. Probably just all the <laughs> gay stuff that I'm that I follow and interact with. I don't know, but ooh, could be. While we're on this um, topic, um, I need to I need to derail the podcast again because um, he's in a show I wanted to remind you of. Do you remember? This other show that wishes it were lost, or heroes, mostly lost. Which one's that? Look in your Discord. Surface. Oh my god. Do you fucking remember Surface? I was looking up another actor and they were in that and I was like... <gasps> oh my god. Yeah, that was pre-Heroes, so... Was it really? So it's 2005, 2006. Oh, dad. So that was straight up like, we want to be lost. That was like, yeah, the season before. Leighton Meester? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Anyway. Anywho. Anywhoozle. Yeah, Matt's, Matt's got a little company in his head and he's a shit. <laughs> no, he's very helpful. He saved his life. I don't know why you're, you're talking bad. Shit. You're defending him. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted a little gratitude after and who wouldn't? So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Me defending him all episode long. Um... I'm fully prepared for it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Wee. Moving on to Claire. Mm-hmm. Yay. And she's in her room and ignoring now a jaunty little pattern knock. <laughs> and she's like, ugh, finally. And she gets up and she's like, okay, Gretchen lit. But it's not Gretchen at the door. It's instead her father, Noah Bennett. And he's got a box. And he's like, I've got housewarming gifts for you. 
Which I'm like, of course it would be her dad doing this little, like, fucking pattern knock. That's such a dad fucking thing to do. Oh my god, right? You're not even joking. And she she hugs him, and he winces, and she's all like, what's the matter? And he's like, oh, nothing, I'm fine. Because remember, he got totally stabbed the episode before. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even notice that detail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, he winces, and he's like, oh, I'm fine, don't worry about me. And he asks her about Annie and her suicide, because uh, Sandra passed that along to him. Mm. And Claire's like, yeah, I'm fine, you know, I'm just, like, I'm adjusting and missing family, like, missing all you guys, even Lyle. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, I'm available, let's go get some lunch. And she's like, okay, I gotta get ready. And he's like, you're fine. She's like, no, seriously, Dad, I gotta get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Men, we can't just fucking leave, okay? Listen. <laughs> she, she's got to get pretty. I love yeah. how she said it. <laughs> so she goes off to go brush her teeth. She goes to the bathroom. We get the whole, like, obviously this is a co-ed little um, bathroom because there's a shirtless guy that walks off behind her and she watches him for a second. But she doesn't get to, to oogle too long because Gretchen shows up. <laughs> and she's like, really? We're just going to, like, pretend it never happened. You're just going to keep avoiding me. And Claire's like, I'm not avoiding you. I've just been busy. <laughs> and she's like whatever you thought you saw last night you didn't see i was just on the ground thinking about your theory i didn't jump and garson's just like oh my god like fucking don't don't even try this with me i know what you did are you like a vampire an alien what the hell's up and she follows her all the way to her room where she sees that her father's there. And she's like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and Gretchen introduces herself because he hasn't met Gretchen yet. I believe only Sandra did. Mm. He was too busy again getting stabbed. And uh, <laughs> doing just doing Noah Bennett stuff, just Noah things. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, lovely to meet you. We're about to go to lunch. Why don't you come with us? And Claire's like, no, she's got like an art history <laughs> paper due tomorrow. She cannot come to lunch. And she's like, oh, no, 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 I finished that, and I'm just starving. I'd love to come to lunch. Like, she was trying to be like, Dad, no, don't invite her. <laughs> and he was not picking up a single hint at all. It's like, no, I'd love for her to come. Why? Let's, let's meet your new friend. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it because it's like, yeah, Noah should should pick up on these cues because, you know, of his past job and, and all the subtleties it required him to be able to understand but he also really wants brownie points and he doesn't really care about that first thing right now yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's like the divorce thing right he wants to be the cool parent the good parent the great yes parent, the better parent i want to mm. know your friends clara let's go have lunch and bless gretchen for coming up with that charm offensive she is a clever girl yes mm-hmm. Cause that was that was real smart <laughs> Like, no, I'd love to go. Well, hi, Mr. Bennett. I I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I love Claire's college stuff. It's one of my favorite Claire chapters. There's there's a lot of fun stuff in it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm really excited for a lot of stuff to come. Instead, we are going to go back to California, where they have Kepler taped out in a chair while they're searching the house. Again, why is it just you two doing this? I really, because of all the cop shows that I've watched, I want to think that they called for backup and it's been delayed by like a bank robbery or something. It's Los Angeles. So. (sighs) Could be. Yeah. Could be. But they're like trying to find the drugs and they're like tearing the place apart, basically. Mm. And Siler is nagging him. Just use your ability. Just get in his head and fucking find it. (laughs) 
And again, he's popping around everywhere and like getting in Matt's face, being like, ha, not as easy to avoid me as you think. And he's like, I'm just trying to help. I always thought I'd be an excellent cop. (laughs) And Matt's like, because he's in the bathroom looking around. And so I was like, you know what? Think something doesn't fit in this picture. And so Matt looks around and he spots this pink stuffed rabbit on the floor by the toilet. And he picks it up. And Seller's like, this house isn't used for drugs. It's for something worse. A lot worse. So, uh what's really going on in this house? Right? I remember the first time I ever watched this episode, the pit in my stomach when when he said that with the bunny. I was like, bad. That's something bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even watching again, though, I was like, is he trying to say the drugs are in the rabbit? And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, much, much worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, couple things for me. Uh, I love Siler being like, you know what? Maybe that's what I get to do. I get to make you a better cop. That's what I've decided I'm going to do now. <laughs> He's so, mm-hmm. like, all over the fucking place. And I love it. He's going to make a man out of you. Cue the Mulan, like the Mulan song for real. Um, and uh, when he's like, I always thought I'd be an excellent cop. I was like, you're such a little bitch. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I'd be like a regular Sherlock Holmes because I pay so much attention to I'm detail. I'm so <laughs> smart and I'm so much smarter than you. And like, I'd certainly be a better cop than you. Like, yeah, it's just, oh, it's all of his insecurities just with like Zachary Quinto as a mouthpiece. It's a wonderful, wonderful bit of writing. And uh, how could you forget the wonderful line of Siler being like, you can't ignore me because I ooze charm. I'm yep. everywhere. He oozes it. He oozes it. So. So is there like a universe somewhere where Siler becomes an, an NYPD officer? God damn. Can there be? Can I write that story <laughs> right now? And yet still becomes <laughs> the himself. same killer power stealing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, how ACAB do we want to get? Cause... Yeah. <laughs> Runs into Peter, who is obviously, you know, a nurse slash ambulance guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I love, that's one of my favorite things about this volume is you get to spend a fair amount of time with them just being normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without, like, some call to action, necessarily. I like seeing them struggle with all that. They've had so much happen in the volume before. They need, like, a rest. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, they've been in full-on, like, superhero, supervillain land. So now it's like, okay, for real, though. Nine to fives. Going to school. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, we get to see Peter at work. And he goes over to try to get an accident report for this person who is suing him, a William Hooper. And so he goes over to the desk where he gets the, you know, information for that. The, like, records desk. And look, it's our it's our new girl from earlier. It's Emma. She works at the hospital that Peter works at. What a small world. Mm-hmm. And, um... He tries to, you know, get a report and she has a sign that says, like, all requests must be submitted in written, you know, form. For obvious reasons we know, but, you know, not everyone would know that. And he's like, yeah, but it'll just take a second. Could you just... And she taps it again. It's very, like, don't make me tap the sign again. Like that, <laughs> that gif of, uh, I think it's The Simpsons. Um, yeah. And so he's just like, ah, oh, and so he does it. And it's like, Peter, just follow the rules, you little shit. <laughs> like, just... Just do things the proper way. My God. 
Because he's trying to, like, charm her and, like, talk to her, but she's just, like, not paying attention because, you know, again, she's just, A, trying to do her job, and B, well, I mean, we know. Um, so even Peter, as he, you know, is waiting for her to pull up the report, notices that her earbuds, they're not plugged into anything. And I did not feel like he needed to be a smartass about it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At all. You don't know what people are going through. Come on. <laughs> so he yes, asked her what I was she's- like, Wow. I know he's being like that kind of guy. And I'm like, dude, no. Cause he's like, what are you listening? Like what band are you listening to? You know? And you know, she doesn't respond. He's like, it's cool. I like them too. Like noticing, like, I know that they're not plugged in. And I was like, Peter, no, <laughs> bad. Mm-hmm. I expect more from you. But yeah. Um, so she pulls up the uh, records for him and um, as she goes, you know, to give them to him and she's moving in her little, you know, dust chair, um, a mug gets knocked into and it shatters. And when it shatters, again, we see really cool colors come out of, you know, the little, like, fragments hitting the floor and making a sound. So sound and color again. Mm-hmm. And Peter leans down and helps her pick up the pieces and she hands him the report and he sees that right now the guy who's suing him apparently is there. He's in physical therapy. And I mean, it's Samuel. I mean, it's, it's Samuel. It's why he had the suit on earlier and stuff. He's got to test his empath. He's got to see if he deserves a seat at the table, like we said. So um, he gets into the little PT room after leaving Emma like that. And I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I remain disappointed with Peter and his interaction with Emma the first time. I'm just like, yes. you're, being, you're being a total douche right now. You're being the kind of guy who, like, I don't know, flirts with people at their job. Like, don't, don't. Just calm down. You're not that cool. I, I feel like it's kind of a moment of seeing him kind of being full of himself almost, like how he's acting. Just being like, oh, I clearly couldn't have done anything wrong. I need to figure out what's going on here. and I'm great. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, dude, just calm down. So we go into the PT room, and this is Peter and Samuel meeting for the first time, but not really, because he doesn't know his name. And he's like, no, there's been a mistake. I've never met you. And William, quote, quote, has all the details, you know, of, of the incident. And he's like, you were fast. You were so fast. You dislocated my arm. And Peter's like, okay, come on. Is this a scam? Like, did you recognize my family name? He's like, you want money? In a very, like, you want to see my apartment <laughs> kind of way? <laughs> like, you got to get it here. Not this brother. And um, so Samuel goes on the whole thing where, you know, I'm in town because of my brother Joseph. And, uh, you know, I was on that bus. And the doctor says, I won't work for months. And how will I feed my family? And this whole sob story. And uh, Peter's like, yeah, okay, no, I can't. This is a mistake. I'm going to let the lawyers handle it, you know. And before he leaves, Samuel's like, working two to three shifts at a time? Like, I had my lawyer check into you. I I know what you're going through. I know what it's like to feel the pressure of obligation. Isn't it just possible that you forgot that I was part of that? And Peter's like, no, it's not. And we go over after this little interaction we see Emma again, and she's being examined. And there's, um, is she a doctor? She's a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And we see a doctor, like, you know, who's signing with her. So she, like, clearly knows her. Um, and she it talks about, like, have you heard of synesthesia? And Emma's like, yeah, and, and it's crossing senses. You know, like, people see sound as color. They hear numbers. Like, there's all different things that you can do when your senses get crossed. And 
she's like, you know, it's common in deaf cases. Like, this might actually be happening. And she's talking to Emma, and she's like, I don't understand, you know, why why you file records when you could be treating patients. So we're learning a little bit more about Emma and her capabilities and her, you know, I don't know, expertise, potentially. And she, you know, mentions the earbuds that Peter had mentioned. And she's like, I wear them because the minute I take them off, people bother me. You know, like, they they realize and she's like, I don't want to see their faces. I don't want to see that insensitive look of, oh, she's deaf. Like, that's why. So mm-hmm. that's why she wears the earbuds. So she can pretty much just go about her life and hopefully not have to deal with that. So yeah, clearly there's a lot more to learn from, from Emma about, like, why she's gotten to that place. But we will get there. We will. Um. Okay. So I like that when Peter's all like, hey, you're looking for money. Sam was like, I'm not looking for money. I'm looking for empathy. Yeah. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Uh, Secondly, the doctor there is credited as Dr. Coolidge, which that's Emma's full name as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if this doctor is her grandmother or mother. I think it's grandmother. I I think grandmother. Yeah. I don't remember either. But they say. And her doctor is played by Louise Fletcher who is best known as Nurse Ratchet in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Loving, loving that stunt casting for the guest stars, for people to go, hey, at. She looked familiar to me from something more recent, but I can't figure out what that is. So maybe I'm mistaking her with another older actress. <laughs> um, She looks like another older actress, because when you said Louise Fletcher, I was like, that's not who I was thinking. <laughs> Yeah, because I was, like, looking at the recent stuff, and I'm like, no, it wouldn't have been from any of this. So, yeah, so I was like, it must be another actress that I thought it was. So, shall we go forward to lunch? Yeah, let's let's get some noms. So, uh, Noah has taken Claire and Gretchen to an Indian food restaurant. And he's there, like, explaining what every dish is. And um, it seems like Claire has never had... Indian before either, even though, if I remember correctly, the whole, like, Sandra and Noah fight, he had brought Indian home for dinner, and I feel like he's done it before, so I'm a little confused why she has no idea what he's talking about. And I said, just because he brought it home doesn't mean she ate it. But I mean, I, you telling me that's the only time he's ever brought it home? Possibly. (laughs) All right. And Gretchen hasn't either had, you know, Indian food, and she's like, well, what if I don't like the yellow, like, kind of like talking to Claire while he's talking to the waiter because they forgot a dish? (laughs) And she's like, just do the napkin trick. And she kind of shows her the napkin trick where it's like you put it up and like covertly spit it out in the napkin. And Gresham's like, man, you're real good at hiding things. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Gretchen is the best. Noah turns around and he's like, so what's your major, Gretchen? And she's like, physiology and biomechanics are my new major. And Claire's like, wasn't it art history? And she's like... No, I mean, my interests have kind of changed. I saw this girl on YouTube, and <laughs> she, like, has something where she can't feel pain. Like, she touches the stove, and her parents are all afraid she's going to burn herself. And Noah has this look on his face like, okay, like, now he's catching on to something. <laughs> and Claire, we find out, is still undecided. And Gretchen's like, you should join me, Claire. We both should, like, do this together. I mean, you know, you should be interested in this because it's cool. And they move on, and she asks Noah, like, hey, what do you do now? And he's like, well, I'm retired, but I'm always finding new reasons (laughs) to go back to work. 
And he gives Claire a look. The best look. Like, oh, she fucking saw something she knows, doesn't she? (laughs) What happened, Claire? Because Gretchen assumes she's being subtle like he doesn't know. But this would Uh get to Claire where she's definitely not being subtle enough because he caught on to like, okay, she is seeing something. (laughs) So. Uh oh. (laughs) Excellent. I love it. Also makes me super hungry for Indian food. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'll have it. If you don't want it, Claire, I'll have it. <laughs> for real, though. So we'll go back to California. Yeah. He's like, the, like Matt and, like, air quotes, Siler are like the, the lonely <laughs> West Coasters, I believe, because everyone else is all East Coast. They are. So Siler's holding on to the rabbit now while, like, nattering at Matt. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Siler's like, oh my god, who do you think it is? Like, where are they? What's going on? Man, like, this is so (laughs) terrible. And, like, really pushing Matt's buttons again. And the partner is like, okay, I got some keys. I'm gonna go check the garage. And Matt turns to Siler again, like, what do you know? Tell me. And so I was like, I'm not gonna tell you anything. You don't want my help, right? (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, Kepler is hearing, you know, this one-sided conversation. (laughs) And Matt starts looking through things and he finds a box cutter and then he finds this magazine with like letters cut out. And then he finds the ransom note put together with those letters, like something she dies or whatever. And so I was like, what are you going to do now, Matt? Are you man enough to save her? You got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Wonderful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, they get a lot of mileage out of Quinto just messing around with that uh, prop. <laughs> yes. Because mm-hmm. he, like, spins by the ears. And he's there's a moment where he talks with the bunny, like the bunny is talking, which is wonderful. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, just all great. Full marks all around. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's like... He had this really great moment where he was talking to Matt and he's just like, God, he's like, you're so, you're so desperate. You're such a desperate person. You're desperate for anyone to love you. And you know why that is? Because you come in at a zero on the confidence scale, you know? Like, you're never, you're never, you know, you're never gonna get any respect or anything like that if you just keep on the way you are. You gotta okay, man up. Gabriel. <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. What? What nerve it do take. <laughs> we saw you. We know what you are beneath all that. Mm-hmm. I tell you. Okay, Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, a guy can move things with his fucking mind and he thinks he's a stud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little fucking shit. Yeah. So we... <laughs> we go back to the after lunch and... um. Noah's like, I can't believe you told her about your ability. Now I gotta call the Haitian, and it's a whole thing. And Claire's like, no, 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 we're not doing things the old way now. We're not doing that. She's not the enemy. She's the only friend I've made. And I can handle this. You know? I can do this. It's fine. It's my issue. And he's like, well, what's your plan, Claire? And so she pulls the best thing you could ever do for, like, a child of recent divorce. (laughs) She's like, let me tell you something, Dad. You make that phone call. And I will banish you. No calls, <laughs> no visits, nothing. And she has him over such a barrel right now. And mm-hmm. she knows it. And he knows it. 
And it's amazing to see Noah Bennett just completely <laughs> at a loss with that. He's just like, fuck, she's got me. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. I won't call the Haitian then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I loved that so much. It's so great. No call. Look on. No email. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. Leave me alone. <laughs> yep. I won't even talk to Lyle about you. Yeah. Mm hmm. Coleman's face is so so perfect when she says it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, not that, <laughs> not, not my Claire. <laughs> One thing in my respite from my my sad cold cereal in my shitty bachelor apartment. <laughs> she doesn't live under your roof anymore. She can, you know, mm. she's a big girl. She'll she's banish a big girl. you. She's gonna make her own choices. Let her do it. Mm-hmm. She's she's a capable young woman. Exactly. So. Going back from that over to California again, Matt decides, all right, he's doing it. He takes the ransom note. He confronts the dealer. He confronts Kepler. And he's like, what is this? Like, where is she? What's going on? You know, kind of thing. And he's not getting anything out of him. The guy's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And (laughs) Siler say, like, come on, use your power. Come on, just do it. Just do it. You can do it. You just got to use it. It's right there. He he gets him to to break. He gets him to do it and uh, finds out that apparently she's under the stairs. So Matt flips. He goes and he goes to where the stairs are and he like kicks them in, right? Like the wood under the stairs. I think he like rips it off. Oh, yeah. he rips it off. Okay. I thought he like kicked it too. Maybe he does both. Um, but he tears away this like wood that's just, you know barely covering what's under the stairs and he sees and we see a dead girl a dead little girl and he turns around and greg grunberg is not a small guy and Mm -mm. i'm not making a fat joke Mm -mm. he is like he's like you know what burly i guess you would say like Mm -hmm. he's not short and he's not like yeah so if he's mad at you (laughs) So Parkman is coming at you, like, in that kind of rage. That's scary. He is violent when he wants to be. And that's exactly what happens, is he goes over there. And he starts to beat the shit out of the dealer. And Mike comes back in during this. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And, he, and he's like, she's under the stairs. There's a girl under the stairs. And he's freaking out, right? And so Mike goes to check. There's nothing there. And Matt calms down for uh, long enough to realize there's no girl under the stairs. The ransom note was not a ransom note. It was just like a page from a magazine. And as he tries to say to Mike, what about the stuffed rabbit? There was never a stuffed rabbit. So it turns out that while, uh, while Siler is straight chilling in mind, uh, Matt's mind, he can also use his own power against him. He made him see all of that to get him to do what he wanted. That's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think that they, I mean, I think they kind of underplay how fucking dangerous that is. <laughs> like, holy shit, this guy, this mind can use your mind against you? That's not good. He probably would have killed that guy if Mike hadn't come in. Mm-hmm. He was rough. And uh, yeah, let me, I, I want to take a moment to talk about the elements of the illusion that Siler yeah, created. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
because this is like my favorite part of the episode. Um, so think about the different things that he manufactured here. Okay, so first of all, the girl under the stairs. How was it again that Matt found little Molly Walker back in season one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She was, like, hiding in, like, a little area under some stairs. And what happens, you know, if no one ever would have found her, she might have ended up dead, right? So yeah. that's a real fear he played on to create that illusion for Matt to see and to deal with. Because, you know, I mean, even though she's not around with him anymore, he was her dad for a bit. <laughs> like, yeah. let's not forget that. So... Oh, man. Yeah. So first he used the Molly thing. That was like the first thing he used. And then the next thing I think is a little more interesting and a little more more him than anything is the choice of animal that he used. The little pink stuffed rabbit. Like, it could have easily been like a teddy bear or something, right? Like, that's as little kid as much as anything. No. It was a stuffed rabbit because, like, I was saying this to Rachel last night after we watched the episode... I was like, well, what was the last thing that Gabriel and his dad did together? They stuffed a rabbit. <laughs> hey. And so he used the little pink bunny because of his own goddamn issues with everything. And then also because of the fucked up way that his childhood, I mean, hello, hi, I'm going to say it until I die. He was sold as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also the kind of thing he could have been alluding to. So there's a lot there. Where he's using Matt's fears, he's using his own shit. Like, yeah, it, it's it's quite the little, um, I don't know, tableau that he's created for Matt to just lose his mind. And he did. He It, it worked. He's like, he said, I used your own power against you. And he has such a grin on his face. He's like, bitch, you, you're mine, dude. <laughs> like, you're, you're so, you're so screwed. You're going to have to solve the problem that is me and not, you know, you're going to have to give me what I want to do that. So I guess he isn't just annoying, but harmless. So. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Yeah. He took that as a challenge. You could tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that little ass. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt's fucked, right? <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, oh, it, it's notable that we haven't seen Nathan in quotes in this episode or the one before it, technically, because he was just in the first part of the of the premiere. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I wonder what's going on with him. Oh, yeah. I'm very interesting. He, I'm sure he's not having a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll find out about that in the next episode, I think. <laughs> I think we do. I think we directly do. Yeah. Instead, let's head back to the hospital with Peter. And Hassam rolls up to him all like, you're being sued? And Peter's like, it's a scam. He was not on that bus. And Hassam's like, well, the hospital says he was. And the hospital is not going to take any blame for it. They're going to put it all on you, bud. (laughs) And not just that, people are talking. They're saying that you are causing the accidents because you're glory hounding. Because you're always the first one there. Always the first one on the scene. And Peter's like, no, come on. You know me. We're partners. And he's like, no, 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 no. You run off the second we get a call. The second we're on the scene. I'm just your glorified chauffeur. Which How? I mean valid. <laughs> yeah. Peter's yeah, like... Yeah, could you imagine working with Peter like this? Uh, like, could you? Yeah. <laughs> Paid in the ass. He's being kind of a lot. Yeah. Because we saw, like, he doesn't want to go out, like, after a shift. He's taking more nope. shifts. He runs off on him if they're stuck in traffic. Yep. Like, God, I'd be getting annoyed at that real fast. 
he's, I mean, yeah, obviously he's acting really suspicious. Um, it's not possible for one person to be first on the scene all the time, like mm-hmm. they think. And yeah, they have valid concerns, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, but they're friends in my head and I need that to continue. <laughs> Peter's not thinking. No. About the, the the wider consequences of his saving people's lives. You could have just put a period after that. Peter's not thinking. That, that as well. That as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no he's really not because he's just trying to, you know, undo all the shit he's been involved in, in the last couple seasons. All the guilt. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, if you think about it, it's, like, it's interesting that this is happening after Fugitives because, you know, you take a storyline where these people are being persecuted because of their abilities, you know? And so it's like Peter is on a one-man mission to be like, I'm going to prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm going to prove everyone wrong, that this is a good thing, that I'm a good person. If a good person has this, you know, leg up in the world, then they can do great things with it. And I have to do great things with it. I can't do nothing now. And like, yeah, he's, he's all twisted up. Mm-hmm. This episode is a good wake up call for him though. So absolutely. Because we next go to Peter's apartment, but it's not Peter coming in. Instead, it is Samuel breaking into the apartment and he gets to see how Peter's living. And he goes up to Peter's, you know, wall of glory and specifically the article he just cut out about the bus accident and we see that he touches the photo with his ink hand and we see ink start to move on it but peter gets home while he's doing it so he hides somewhere and peter comes in and he goes right over to the wall and looks at that article again and sure enough who is now in that photo but samuel (laughs) and peter was like oh my god i was wrong he was on the bus Oh, I think I have a really good subtitle for the episode. Ooh. Okay. What is it? Okay. Just just because of, you know, this scene and everything. It, it would be like, ink, or let's gaslight Peter Petrelli. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. He, he got gaslit, but at the same time, he kind of needed it. <laughs> no, he needed it. <laughs> he needed someone to do something. He even if it was a lie. He out of it, you know? Yeah. Snap out of it. Oh, so yeah, you know, Samuel manipulating the ink. I really wish they would have um, shown Samuel trying to sneak out without being noticed. I know he did, but I just want to see him awkwardly try to manage that. (laughs) I mean, okay, this might be a good point to talk about other things that he seems to have pulled off in this episode, like the whole lawsuit. Mm. All the hospital having the paperwork was that all just from ink hand where he was able to get into paperwork and do things. I seem to think yes. Or is there another special that he knows that was able to pull strings for certain other things? Also a possibility. It seems like Incan, though, because he could just fake papers. Yes. Everyone talks. They're very specific in talking about the paperwork of it all this episode. Mm-hmm. Hassam's log, you know, lawsuits. Like, yeah, all these things that could be faked with just, you know, the thing he just did. Because so. he, he sucked up, like, it was, I'm talking about ink, and it's not, like, just a tiny little thing of ink. He had, like, a, a jar. jar. Like, a big yeah. jar of ink. Like a mason jar of ink. Bigger than that. Because he was able to stick his Yeah, whole, you're like, right. It was bigger than that. It was, like, gosh, I don't even know what I could describe it like that would be, like, that big of a jar would normally have. Maybe, like, mm-hmm. a bulk pasta j- sauce jar. Like, you would get, yeah. like, a, like, a, like, a lunchroom would buy or something. Yeah, it was huge. Because yeah. you're right. He did put, like, his whole hand in there. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I I think it's that. I think it's just paperwork that he fucked with. So. It must be. It must be. No. Sneaking That's like, around. That is a <laughs> wild power to use yes. for someone who's mainly been talked up as an earth mover. And yeah, it is. The level of which this power has clearly developed, because we always talk about how a power starts out as one mm-hmm. thing, and like you, have, they have no idea what they're capable of fully until they get it like stretched out. And, like, understand it more. So mm-hmm. Samuel appears to truly understand his power and what he can fully do. Which makes him ever so dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's like the Siler thing. When they have enough time to fuck with it and to learn it, you're all screwed. Yes. Mm-hmm. When when they're not, like, concerned with being normal. They're just like, no, I'm a villain now. I'm in a comic book. This is what I'm doing. ha <laughs> <laughs> Right, though? Like, it's true. Like, it's not like he's like, well, I guess I'll just keep running my shop after a while. It was like, nope. This is me just, now. This is me now. And then, yeah, Samuel being in, like, such an unconventional place with unconventional people. Like, yeah, fuck it. Let your freak flag fly, as they say. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so we'll go back to Claire and Gretchen, mm-hmm. who are back at the dorms and... Gretchen is apologizing for pushing her too hard. You know, she just she just wants to, like, know what the hell she saw. And she tells Claire a story. Like, you know, in junior high, girls used to call her Wretched Gretchen because she smelled like puke from being bulimic. Claire's like, God, that's a nasty thing to make up. And Gretchen looks at her mm. like, yeah, made it up. Like, uh, no, that was not, like, a made up. She was actually bulimic, I guess, in junior high. Yeah. And so she goes to leave, but Claire stops her, and she's like, listen, I want to trust you, Gretchen, but, like, life has been wild lately, and it's been a long (laughs) time since she has felt safe enough to tell anyone the truth about her. But she's like, you know what? Ask me anything. So Claire has opened her book now, so to speak. It's interesting, because it's like, um, so much of that attitude is going to lead us perfectly to where the show ends. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love that. It's good writing. Yeah. Claire's journey. Mm-hmm. No more secrets. My God, this next bit is long. <laughs> I know. It, it is. It's like, it, this, which I think we talked about before the episode, you said, like, you know, mm-hmm. the the scene transition on this episode is really, mm-hmm. really good. Because a lot of people will be like, oh, they, they walk, and then like, oh, so-and-so's there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Because it's like, yeah, they're in the same city. That would work. So Particularly Peter, Samuel, and Emma. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready for this, then? Yes. Okay. So, we see Samuel, and he's in... It's like Central Park, right? It's got to be something like that, it's meant to yeah. be. Yeah. So, Samuel is in Central Park, and Peter, like, literally speeds up to him, <laughs> and he goes over to him, and he's like, I need to apologize to you. I made a mistake, and I'm sorry, and I'm going to make it right. And Sam is like, oh, well, no, no, no need to concern yourself. <laughs> you know, just really <laughs> fucking laying it on. And Peter's like, no, 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 there must be something I can do. He's like insistent now. He's like, no, no, no I got to do this. I got to make it right. And Samuel goes, have you ever lost a brother? And I'm just, I'm just letting that sit there for a minute. Mm-hmm. And Peter says no, because he certainly hasn't. And so Peter is like, listen, I used to work hospice. You know, I, I've, I've seen this, you know, like I've been around grieving people and Samuel's talking about like, you know, I thought maybe 
while I was here, I'd go back home and I'd remember the good times, but there's too many bad times mixed with the good times. And I just can't seem to find any solace anywhere. And Peter's like, look, grieving, it's messy. And people don't know what it is that you're feeling. And, you know, that's, it's just, it's different and it's complicated for everyone. And so Samuel's like, what would you do then? You know, how would you help people when you were working that? So, yeah, he's like, well, you know, I wouldn't, he's like, what would you say? You know, like, what would you say to them? He's like, I wouldn't say anything. I just, I sit with them and I'd be with them and I'd let them know they're not alone. And Samuel's like, well, you know, why did you start working this job? Like, why do you, you know, start being an EMT and, you know, leave hospice? And he's like, I wanted to save lives instead of watching them pass. And Samuel is just like, you know what? And he shakes his hand and he's like, you're exactly who I'd hoped you'd be. And I'm dropping the suit. And he's like, thank you, Peter, for everything. And so they're getting ready to like part ways. And Peter's like, you know, I think you should still visit your home. Like, why not? You know, why you're here. And Samuel's like, "Hmm, well, you know, kind of thinks about it. And he walks away. And so Samuel walks further into the park. And as he's walking, he walks past Emma, who's sitting there. And she's sitting on the bench and she's watching as suddenly there's this cellist who's like busking and they're playing and she watches the colors come off of the instrument. And then he goes over and he sets it down. He like goes to get like a snack or something and he leaves the cello there, which is bold. And so I'm like, what are you doing, bud? And uh, she just can't help it. She gets up and she walks over there and she sits down and she takes it. And she starts playing. And first she plucks a string and it's a color. And then she sits down and plays it. And there's more colors. And it's like this beautiful, just like symphony of colors that she can see. And she's playing it. And people are stopping to watch, you know, like, you know, you're seeing like some curious people. But every time we cut away from her playing and show the crowd, it's getting bigger. There's like actually a little crowd that started around here from the music. And we see Peter across the park. And something about it sort of perks him up and he picks up on it and he ends up walking over to where she's playing and she's just astonished by the colors. And it's just like this really like wondrous thing. And we see it's like fully like a little crowd of people now that were not there before. And Peter is right there at the front of it. And he smiles at her a little bit and she gets up and rushes off. She's like, oh my God, she like has her moment where she kind (laughs) of comes back to herself. Like, what am I even doing? And Peter watches her go. And, um, basically we see how she experiences this ability, but we're going to see more of this a little bit later, but like what she just did with the cello, she can do like a siren song thing. She can like draw people in, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is interesting. I love that, like, when she first starts, the the cellist turns around like, oh shit. And then he's like going to yell at her, Uh but clearly she's making nice music. So he stops. Yeah. And I also like that when everyone was applauding, we can't hear the applause. Yes. I love how often whenever Emma is a, um, like the lead character of a scene, we don't hear anything. Yeah. That's a cool little like. Like we could kind of hear the music, but other than that, we didn't hear much else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting, you know, the, the, the Peter and Emma of it all remains something that we'll be getting into more in next episodes. Mm-hmm. Because I still don't think Peter has put it together that she's deaf. <laughs> um, I don't think he has either. And I want to box his ears. So. <laughs> yep. But, uh, hey, you know what? Samuel does decide to go back home. 
he he goes over and uh, it's interesting because it's like based on who Samuel is, like you have some maybe like ideas about how he grew up or where he lived, you know, and he rolls up to it's like a mansion. It's like a gated mansion. And you're just like, shit. And he walks up to the gate and he moves and he rings the bell and somebody comes to the door and he's like, you know, sorry to bother you at this hour, but, you know, I grew up here. My father was the butler. My mother was the maid. Um, I just wanted to, you know, maybe I, I just lost my brother. You know, I wanted to look around maybe not, not here, like in the main house, like maybe in the carriage house or something. And she's like, clearly this like rich, fancy woman. And she's just like, oh, well, and there's a party going on behind her. And she's just like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hosting a dinner party and I really, I just can't, you know? And when he says the whole thing about just everything, she's like, oh yeah, you know, sorry, sorry for your loss, but you know, have a good night and just like shuts the door on him. And Peter and he talked about that, mm-hmm. about that phrase, about how like meaningless it is. And cause Peter says, you know, people will say like, sorry for your loss, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, you need to like, like he is be empathetic to people in their times of need. And so she just basically just is like, mm, yeah, no, you weirdo. Uh, which not a bad instinct, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Under normal circumstances, um, yeah. And uh, Samuel, at first, it seems he he walks away, like, all right, yeah, yeah. Like, Can't is, go home again? Is her reaction crazy? No, there's a strange guy no. asking to look around your house. Absolutely um, not. Yeah, at night. Yeah, yep. you are busy. At night. There is company there. Uh-huh. Let's be honest, he's not the least shifty-looking individual in existence. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, it's not crazy at all. That that whole concept always blows my mind, by the way, that people are like, I used to live here, can I look around? Like, we had that, I, I've had that happen when I was growing up. Like, some people came to our house once and were like, we used to live here, can we look around? And I think my mom let them. <laughs> but, like, trying to get us all killed, Linda, Jesus. Um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. It's such a weird thing. It's like, yeah, but you don't anymore. (laughs) Just drive by and look at it like a normal human being. Yes, don't go up to the door. It's so cringe. Um, Yeah, but yeah, it's fine. He walked away. You know, it was whatever. Yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't. It was not meant to be. So, like, yeah, like they try to really make it look like she's being a bitch, but it's like, honestly, yeah. (laughs) Because it's like they want you to be in like Samuel's POV of like. You know, and like I said, it's supposed to show you why Peter was so special. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. he probably would. He probably would let a stranger into his house in the middle of the night. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Powers are not. Yeah. <laughs> Back to college. Yes. Yes. Um, Claire and Gretchen are in uh, Claire's room, and they're just chilling on the floor. And clearly, uh, Gretchen has been asking a bunch of questions. But we come in on. Her asking Claire if she's ever been drunk. And Claire says, nope, doesn't work on me. Which we've seen down in Mexico with uh, Nathan. And she's like, but you know what? The positive is you'll always have a designated driver. (laughs) Which, I mean, fair. Yeah, that's like a bonus, dude. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) No one has to fight over it. Yeah. She also asks if she can see her heel. And so Claire grabs a pair of scissors and hands it to Gretchen. She's like, the hand is always the favorite. And Gretchen's like, oh, I've never done this before. And Claire's like, I'd hope not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope love that. you're not cutting people's hands open. I sure hope not. Yeah. 
And so Gretchen cuts her and Claire yelps as she cuts her. And Gretchen's <laughs> like, oh my god, I'm sorry. But Claire is just joking with her. She's like, no, I'm fine. Look. And she can see the hand is healed up. And then Claire gets a phone call. And she's like, all right, I gotta take this. Hold on a second. And it's Noah, but she, like, stops him before he can say anything, gives him a speech about how I can handle it. I can't keep lying. It's like, you know, I've got to let people in close to me, and this is one way I can do it. Just, it's fine. Nothing terrible is going to come from this. And he's like, I'm just calling to apologize because, you know, I'm always going to see you as my Claire Bear, and that instinct to protect you just kicks in automatically. And she's like, you can't do that now. And he he agrees. He's like, yeah, I can't do it like I did before, but I will always be there for you. And she's like, yeah, just worry about yourself from now on, Dad. So, good night. (laughs) (laughs) So he does a little apology to her. It's nice. We're all learning and growing. Mm -hmm. It's a good... I I really like this season. (laughs) Like, I get that he, like, immediately, like, instinct kicked in. Like, okay, we gotta fix this. But, like, yeah, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. no... Let her handle it herself. He also has this really great moment before he gets off the phone where he almost calls her Claire Bear. And that's why, like, he's like, oh, oh, good night, Claire. Like, he doesn't say Claire Bear. Aww. Yeah. So Claire goes back into her room proper. And Gretchen's looking at a book and she's like, hey, can I borrow this? And Claire's like, well, I mean, you won't need to borrow it because it'll be here. And Gretchen's like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like well, I've got a spare bed now. Why don't you be my roommate? And Gretchen's like, oh man, what a hard choice. You or a girl that smells like pickles. Okay, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) So they are, they're going to be roommates. I love how just, it's just that easy on television. I was like, do you know the bureaucracy of dealing with like the people in charge of dorms? Like, Mm -hmm, That's not mm -hmm. that easy to do. Mm-hmm. If everybody lived with who they wanted to live with in college, you wouldn't have crazy roommate stories. Like, Claire would have been set up probably just, she wouldn't have had a roommate the rest of the year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Because this happened to uh, my sister or this girl dropped out or left or vanished or so. I don't remember what the fuck her story was. Her roommate left and she pretty much had the dorm the rest of the year to herself. <laughs> well, you know, also, I wonder, I'm thinking now, does Claire get to use the dead man on campus rule? That is also true. It's like, fuck, she did commit suicide. You know, like, just push that through for, you know. Which, okay, that was a movie that came out and um, is also a real thing in some places. It might still be. Mm -hmm. Where if you, in college, have a roommate who commits suicide, you basically get to fly through your semester. They they don't expect you to get, like, amazing grades. So you can just, like, pass. Mm Mm-hmm. Without having to do anything, really. Mm-hmm. There's a whole movie about it. Um, a delightful romp. Um, yeah, I'm but, sure that yeah, theoretically so. cuts some red tape for her. I do wonder. And I mean, and then and Pickle Girl still wins because <laughs> she probably will then have the ro- the whole room to herself. <laughs> it's two different movies, actually, that have the dead man on campus role that I watched in the 90s. I believe it because I... I in, you know, in my head thought of it as well, so. Yeah, there's literally Dead Men on Campus, and then there was, do you remember um, a movie called uh, Dead Man's Curve? Uh, the name sounds familiar. It was like, these two students, they decide to kill their roommate and make it look like a suicide. Mm. And um, it had like, uh, 
who the fuck was in that one? That one has some 90s ass people in it, too. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an urban legend. They say it's not true, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There have been people who, who claim that that, that that is so. So, yeah. 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 Or at least, like, not a 4.0 necessarily, but they don't exactly, like, press you about it. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was such a thing in the 90s, and I want to think that that writer, like, like someone really should have used that with Claire, because that's such a thing. Yeah. yeah. There's two fucking movies about it, anyway. Um, yeah, Claire and Gretchen Roomies. Excited. Fun. I love Gretchen. I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. Um, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's close off this episode. Back in California, Matt's fucked. <laughs> Matt is so <laughs> fucked. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Uh, his partner's freaking out. Mike is like, uh, you need to find yourself a damn good lawyer, bud. <laughs> like, you're you're screwed. Matt's like, this is going to ruin my life. And, and he's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, me too. Hmm. And Matt does the whammy on Mike like we all knew he would. He's that girl that we all knew he was. He always has been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn it. And he gives him the chip before he does it, yeah. too. It's such a thing. And so he says, you know, nothing happened here. He attacked you. I stopped him. You want to talk about glory hounding. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about people who love to make situations exists where they're the fucking hero it ain't peter petrelli mm-hmm. it's matt bad guy park yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and we've been warning you about him the whole show so yep. this is really literally like he says it, it's like the start of the rest of his life he fucking he goes for it this volume um so yeah he uh he does the thing and siler's like you know what I'm proud of you. You're finally becoming more like me. <laughs> He's like, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Just being an asshole. And he's like, and guess what? All of your days could be like this. Or you and I can go find my body. I mean, he's really made a progr- he, he made a very persuasive argument all day today. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how dangerous I am when you're on the job. I can do this when you're at home. I can do this forever. I'm always here, right? In your mind prison. I'm going to bang a cup against the bars every fucking moment of every day. <laughs> like, yeah. When you said, when you said I'm going to bang, I immediately flash forward to a, an episode coming up. Like, I had a vision in my head. So. <laughs> yeah. A memory like resurfaced of the upcoming episodes because again it's it's I don't remember much from this volume so yeah lovely lovely fun there with those two I just really like the the rapport between Grunberg and Quinto too God damn it you know I say it all the time and I harp on it all the time and you know what? I'm fine with it Jack Coleman and Zachary Quinto have chemistry with everybody on the show mm-hmm. doesn't matter who you put them with it does not because yeah I don't think. How often did Grunberg and Quinto work together before this season? Oh, uh, let me let me take a minute. The season when he was on the Siler trail, but like he never I don't think actually got like scenes with Quinto proper. No, no. Other they than never, Kirby. Like they never like met, really. Like he just shot at him and he went, Nope. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like season two so they're on two separate. was whatever. Mm-hmm. Season three he was in, in Africa and then like on the run Africa, and again and they were Daphne. separated. Uh-huh. Fugitives. God, they really haven't, yeah. have they? That's fascinating. 
I've never thought of that before. They've never actually, like, as characters, been together. No, not until this season here. That's crazy. Because, yeah, you're right. They never they never met in season one. He fired at him like a cop would, you mm-hmm. know, and then the fling of bullets. And then absolutely nothing. And then, <laughs> here, make this guy Nathan. Yeah, fuck. Like, he really did not know what he was, was signing on for. <laughs> like, he ran across, like, you know... Pre-Quinto, Siler Aftermath, and his escaping. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, obviously living but with But they've never dirt. had, like, conversations or anything. Yeah, yeah. so. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, right? Is, is you know, the underestimating. Because he doesn't have powers, so he's harmless, right? Well. <laughs> yeah. He's got mind bullets. All right. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Matt's, Matt's got a bit of an ultimatum to consider. <laughs> yes. Uh, as things go forward. Uh, but the final scene of the episode, um, we see a, a, a nasty ac- accident, something. There's a lot, there's like police, there's, there's fire trucks, there's an ambulance, like there's a lot of stuff going on. There's people being carted out on, um, gurneys. We see Peter and Hassam and they're coming to the scene together mm-hmm. because Peter learned something. He didn't just show up because he could. So they're arriving together and some guy's talking to them and he's like, three people died here, but it could have been a lot worse. And Peter's like, what happened? And the guy's like, a sinkhole. He's like, a sinkhole? Like, this is New York. Like, what are you talking about? And we see where the house was that Samuel just wanted to check out. It's rubble. Mm -hmm. It's fucking nothing because the earth opened up beneath it. And it's like, oh, man, okay. And he's there. He's there looky-looing. He's fucking there in the crowd. He's watching. And we see Peter getting ready to help. But, oh, God, he feels something weird. And he looks down. And the final act of the ink of the episode's title is now Peter has a tattoo on his arm of the compass that we saw with, um, with Edgar earlier on in the volume. And it's just a spinning away. It's freaking out. So also, tattoos shouldn't move. That's weird. (laughs) Um, This isn't Harry Potter land. So like, yeah, TBC, bitches. Yeah. I love like the the joy of having such a horrible thing happen off screen to be like, no, Samuel will kill some fucks. Don't make him mad. (laughs) Like he, uh, yeah. We saw there was a full blown dinner party there. With innocent yes, people. Yes, I'm amazed that only three people died. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that a bunch of them didn't get fucked up for life. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, all, all kinds of fun. Once again, <laughs> once again, Peter just can't not be with, like, the villain of the season. Some way, somehow, he's <laughs> determined. The world is determined to make that a thing. Oh, Yes. Because he is the capital H hero, but like again, I argue against mm. like he is the capital H hero of heroes. But you know, uh, yeah, Ink, what'd you think? <laughs> I I enjoyed it. You know, it's honestly an episode with not that many characters in it. No, which is rare. Yeah, I think that they do better when they when they do like we're doing these three this week and we'll do these three next week. Like they've really caught funny. on to it now at this point. 
that, mm-hmm. that it is more successful as an episode would be like, don't see someone for a couple episodes and that's fine. Yes. Who else have we seen? Oh, yeah, because Hero was not in this one. Yeah, it's like Nathan and Hero mostly. Yeah. And like Tracy. Yeah. Did it slap? It's pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a slap. I don't know that it slapped. Yeah. I don't know that it slapped, but it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Siler stuff was excellent. I love the Peter stuff. Like, all, yeah, all of it's good. It's all good. I didn't have a part where I was like, wah, wah, in it, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, next week is all the characters I think we just mentioned. <laughs> we didn't see this week. I'm looking through <laughs> it right now. Shall I give us the socials and all that fun stuff? Please do. Please do. Um, yeah, so that is the end of our episode. Um, thank you very much for joining us. If you would like to follow us on our social media accounts. Um, fuck, I still don't have a B for you. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking sucks. I hate it here. Um... There's no bees in heroes. It's really hard, actually. Um, I'm going to think of something. Give me a minute. Gotcha. Just going to sit here and look at my notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No, I got one. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Okay. It's going to be a different one every episode because I'm just fucking making them up at this Go point. Go for it. <clears throat> Go for it. Cool. So if you would like to follow us on Twitter, we are Eclipse Podcast. Um, if you'd like to follow our individual accounts, I am at lady underscore snark, S-N-A-R-K. Rachel is at that burp there, burp of the bee, like a bunny rabbit that ain't real. Um, <laughs> you like that? I do, I do, yep. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, if you'd like to email us, we are eclipsepod at gmail.com. I don't know, are you tweeting about anything? I, no. I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I don't use that. I look at Twitter. Um, I don't tweet anything. Yeah. Not recently. Oh, uh, <laughs> they've got merchandise for a manga soon to be anime that I really enjoyed, and I, I wanted one, so I was talking about that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then um, I was talking about how you know I, I guess I guess Limp Biscuit performed at Lollapalooza this mm-hmm. weekend, and it was like a thing on the internet, and. Um, I saw that West Borland was in the... Uh, firstly, I did not know he was with the band again. That's been a never-ending roller coaster. Um, but yeah, I was like, just following a bunch of people and liking their tweets when they're like, Limp Bizkit, not good. West Borland, great. And I was like, yeah, that's how it's always been. <laughs> <laughs> band, not good. Guitarist, fucking amazing. <laughs> like, duh. But yeah. So yeah, you know, just talking about that. Uh, I, I got a little spicier about it on my Twitter, but you'll have to see <laughs> to find out. Check out Lady underscore Snark, S-N-A-R-K. Just getting full, you know what, on Maine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're, um, yeah, give us an email. Like I said, you'd be the first person to do it. I want someone to do it. I really want Cell or someone to just fucking send us a hi. Like, I think that'd be funny. <laughs> I'll send you one from my other she email. Hasn't. Saw, dude. <laughs> hey. Um. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, but the best way to talk to us to to see what we're doing to complain about stuff, if you want, is the um, Eclipse Podcast uh, Discord channel server thingy. Um, a link of which will a link to which I can't talk anymore. Like my brain's dying. A link for that will be in the show notes. <laughs> there we go. God. Uh, um, the most recent thing I talked about, and it was not just that the episode last week was all fuckered up in terms of the original airing editing, but anytime a drag queen talks about heroes, I talk about it in the surface. Yep. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. fun. 
they all just lust over Mohinder, which is, like, not surprising, I guess. Um, so, yeah, um, thanks for joining us, like I said. Uh, if you'd like to review this podcast, we're all over the place, uh, on your, on your streaming, you know, platform of choice. Give us a review, a like, a subscribe, whatever. It's all good. Um, we will see you next time. There's some interesting stuff coming up in this next episode, because I think, if I remember correctly, this, 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 this is Brian Fuller's last episode of the show. Mm, okay. So, big stuff. Uh, yeah, but we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Next time on Eclipsed, Hero tries to save a life the old-fashioned way. Peter tries to show off his sweet new ink. Nathan's memories are better left forgotten and might get him killed again. And uh, this is Brian Fuller's final episode with the show. And for a guy that wrote for one of the best TV serial killers of all time, he sure do have an aversion to ever having Siler in his episodes. Tune in.